listening to episode 8 of the Christ and Consoles podcast. I'm your host, Nick Tendo, and accompanying me today is Pastor Taylor. How's it going, everybody? Guys, I'm so stoked for this episode of the podcast because it is the first official episode where Pastor T will be bringing uh, his lovely dish to the table here. But first, let's get into the games that are coming out this week. So first off, we've got Anti-Graviator. I'm going to butcher that name. It's coming out for the PC, PS4, and the Xbox One. That's coming out on June 6th. It's an anti-gravity wipeout style racing game. If you're into racing games, there you go. The next one, I include this one. I have absolutely no interest in this game, even if I had a VR, but it's hilarious anyways. It's called Catch and Release. And it's a VR for the Oculus Rift fishing game coming out for June 7th because that is what we need in this world. Next up, we have Nobunaga's Ambition Taishi. That's coming out on June 8th for the PC and PS4. It's the latest installment in the strategy game Nobunaga's Ambition. Next up, we have Crying is Not Enough. That's coming out on June 8th. It's a survival survival horror game where you face enemies and solve puzzles as the story unfolds. Next up, we've got Super Bomberman R. That's coming out on the rest of the platforms. Originally was on the Switch only at release, and now it's going to be on the PC, PS4, and the Xbox One, which I think is a pretty bold move considering that game did not get really good reviews on the Switch. Uh, but, I mean, I grew up with Bomberman for the Sega Genesis, so I might actually pick this one up myself for the sake of nostalgia. Next up, because why not, we've got Jurassic World Evolution. That's coming out on June 12th for the PC, PS4, and the Xbox One, because, again, that's what we need in this world is more Jurassic Park. And last but not least, I considered adding this one into the list but it was so ridiculous, and the description on the Nintendo website was hilarious to me, so I decided to include it for the laugh factor. And that's Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido. That's coming out on June 8th for the Switch and 3DS. Check this out. Help Musashi end the Empire's tyrannical monopoly of world sushi supply by becoming a Sushi Striker. Devour conveyor belt sushi matching plates and sushi types to defeat any b enemy or boss who stands between you and victory. Befriend sushi sprites and use their powerful skills in battle. Deliciously strategic action RPG puzzle battle awaits. Are you going to pick that one up, Taylor? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. So, Taylor... Uh, you know, once again, welcome to the podcast. This is your first official episode, and I'm stoked, probably the most. Um, but how was your week, man? My week was pretty good. I had a friend come in town from Minnesota, so we were able to catch up and uh, just see how we were doing. And we went and played top golf and went and got dinner a bunch. So it was it was a good time. Uh, good catching up with him and his family and uh, other than that just the same old kind of routine just working and uh, doing ministry and uh, that's that's pretty much it 
how are things going with the church? Because I know you you and your friends are the ones that planted your, the church, right? That That's correct. We, we're doing great uh, as far as numbers and everything are concerned, which is you know, not really the greatest importance you know, to us. We're just kind of trying to do what God's uh, calling in our life and but I mean everything everything's going well uh, we are kind of getting to the swing of things we're about to hit that one year mark so that's nice. a that's a big milestone for us wow when is your one year I because th- I thought you guys were relatively new well yeah I mean in the, in the skit it, it would be the one year mark is coming up in two months from now so it's, we're getting there I don't know why I thought you moved to Arizona like like rec- really recently. So I moved the, to the church planted in August and I was remotely managing the church plant as far as administrative is concerned from oh. Pennsylvania. And then we moved in October and that's when I fully took on all uh, official capacities at the church. Awesome. And as for me, it's been a, I mean, honestly, like, it feels like we just recorded the last podcast just a couple of days ago, man. <laughs> like, so life's been busy. Oh man. It's, it's crazy. Cause like, so aside from my dog grooming business, it's now branched out into doing yard work and housekeeping. Right. And so I do my grooming appointments on Wednesday, but then also on Monday and Wednesdays, I've been cutting down one of my client's trees. So I've been working. Last Wednesday, I cut down like half of it, filled up her green bin, and I borrowed her neighbor's green bin. And then on Monday, I went back, and I chose the worst day (laughs) to go. It was like almost 100 degrees outside. Yikes. And I was working in the sun the entire time. So needless to say, I got some color on me. Yeah. So I filled up, so because it's in a mobile home park, she has access to the park's own green bins aside from her own. So I filled up hers and then, uh, or no, hers was already filled from the week before. So I borrowed one of the park's bins, completely packed that one in. Like I'd fill it, jump in it and mash it down and then fill it up again. And then there was another green bin from the parks that was already on the curb for trash day. And so there's space in that. So I took that green bin and I mean, I finally got the tree down. I mean, you're talking like a 30 foot tree and I got it down in that day, pretty much to like slightly under my height. So probably about five feet. That's excellent. Like to see you uh, exercising dominion. Dude. It. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So. Um, and so now I got to tackle the next tree, which is slightly taller in the backyard. And so it's, you know, she's been super gracious in like the time it's been taking. And so I just go out there, you know, once or twice a week. And then aside from that, just going to, you know, my other job and spending time with my girlfriend and which things have been going really well in that. And that sounded extremely sarcastic and it wasn't, And so, uh, last Sunday we, uh, visited, so she found a church a couple weeks ago. And so this past Sunday I went with her and, you know, cause we realized that we really should be going to church together if we're seeking marriage, you know, as you know, the end goal. And so we went to the church together. It was really cool time. You know, I really, 
I, I really appreciated the way that people dressed when they were there. Like, you know, I mean, it was casual dress, but like nothing inappropriate, which was one of like the things I looked for when I saw when I went there, you know. And so it seems like kind of the people keep themselves and keep each other accountable in that area. And like the worship wasn't like super centered on songs of what God has done for me, but really, you know, glorifying him and songs about him. Awesome. And so, um, you know, and the teaching, you know, I, I like what we talked about before, uh, I've been spoiled by certain pastors that I listen to online, you know, like the Paul Washers and the Matt Chandlers. And so I had that unhealthy expectation set up, but you know, it's, it was still a great sermon and God really used it, you know, Excellent. during the time. So yeah, dude, it was it was awesome, and I picked up their book that they wrote. So I'm really excited to start reading it, and excited to start going back to this church. And hopefully, if not next Sunday, hopefully in the near future, I can set up like a time to actually talk to the pastor and go more in depth about like what they believe and what they teach. You know, a little bit more in depth than what like you know the website offers. Right. So yeah. And so that, you know, brings it to my week. That's pretty much everything. And now for the segment that I am super stoked about on the podcast is Bible Time with Pastor T. Welcome, everybody, to Bible Time with Pastor T. Today we're going to be getting into worldview. So the idea, I'm going to outline this a little bit of what to expect over the next however many weeks this goes, uh, this particular segment. But but what I want to get into is the actual study of the character of God himself. So the, the benefits of studying God is, it, is that we know God on a deeper level. We enrich our prayer lives. We develop a more sophisticated worldview, and we can more easily share and defend our faith which when you combine all of that gives us a greater hope, it gives us a greater understanding of who our God is, and ultimately bolsters our Christian walk. So today, I want to talk about the existence of God, right? The very the very existence of God, which in itself is an attribute of him, uh, because he, he, cannot, he cannot be God if he does not exist eternally. So this is an important topic, and I hope uh, we, we do well here. Uh, before we get into it, I'm just going to say a quick little prayer for myself and for the listener here. Awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share uh, information and knowledge about you. I ask that you would help me, that you would put me aside, that you would get me out of the way, and that you would open the ears and the hearts and the minds of the listener and, and to be blessed uh, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the existence of God, we're going to start in Genesis 1. And a little bit of background on Genesis. Moses is writing to the Exodus community, which is essentially the Israelites leaving Egypt after hundreds of years of of slavery. Uh, It's written as an oral tradition, and what we're going to be specifically looking at today are chapters 1 through 11, which, uh, and, and what we're looking at today is a cosmogony or a creation story, right? We get the we get the creation of the world, the creation of man, the creation of plants and animals and the oceans and the heavens and everything. So what Moses is doing here is he's reminding the people of Israel who they are, their identity, 
after being lost in Egyptian culture for so long. They, they've lost their identity. They don't know who they are. They, they, they've been in, engrossed in the pagan culture of the Egyptians, which means that they would have adopted their gods or only heard about their gods. And the only way they would have known about their past is through oral tradition. So what we want to point out here is that these people were just a cog in Pharaoh's machine. They were viewed as just a work unit, a thing. And what Moses is reminding his people is he's telling them that God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, as we see in Psalm 139. He's reminding them that they're created in the image of God. He's reminding them that rather than a violent and chaotic beginning as the worldview, the cosmogony of the Egyptians would tell them, Moses tells us of a peaceful creation through God's word. And so this creation, it was a good creation. It had a moral quality to it. It wasn't just a thing. Rather, it contained in its essence a goodness to it. And what we can learn from this is that that uh, uh, in opposition to what the atheist would say, in opposition to what the secular humanist would say, we're not just space dust exploding randomly without a purpose. Thank God. <laughs> we're not just time acting upon chance and matter right we were put here purposefully with a purpose we were created intentionally and what were what were adam and eve told be fruitful and multiply so we have a purpose and a mission and and think about how important this would have been to the people of israel think about how important how fundamental how life-changing this would have been going from i'm just a work unit i'm just a cog in pharaoh's machine to I have a purpose, I have a mission, and better, I have a covenant with the God that created everything and put us here. So the creation narrative establishes a pattern of covenants that directs mankind and tells us who we are and what is required of us. So man, earth, and all the beasts upon the earth were covenant creatures. The earth obeys God, the weather obeys God, and we are to obey God. Think about Jesus standing on the water and calming the raging seas. The earth and the seas obey him. And so, we having dominion over those things ought to obey God too. Mm -hmm. So God exists and all of mankind exists to glorify him. We're not just work units. We're not just animals. You're not a chicken. That's That's why it's not fair for an atheist to call us delusional. For saying that God created the earth. Because chickens can't be delusional. Animals cannot be delusional. So even the atheist recognizes there's something unique about human beings. We have the ability to be delusional. The ability to think and question. We have inherent value. We were created to be in covenant with God. And therefore we're held to these requirements. Held to these covenant commitments. And and what's important for us to grasp here is that oftentimes we as Christians live as a fool. In Psalm 14, 1, it says, The fool in his heart says there's no God. And practically speaking, we we often do that. We pray infrequently. We don't trust his power and will in, in our lives. We try to control as much as possible, as much as 
we possibly can and then turn to God after that's all accomplished, after you've got the job, after you've got the college degree, after you've got the girl you want. Okay, God, I'll make some time for you now. Mm. And the truth is that all creation is governed by the living God. Even the seas obey him. So if God is governing all things, right? If God is governing all things, we ought to be a people of praise. We ought to be a people of worship, not a people of complaints. And you'll hear people say something like, oh, the weather's horrible today. It's so hot or it's so cold. But the earth and the sun are merely submitting to God's will. So even in the tremendous heat, we must praise him for doing that. Your heart beats because he allows it. The tides rise and fall because he commands it. God made everything. And we see in Colossians 1 that God sustains everything. So the existence of God, and this is where we give our application to worldview. The existence of God is shown in all things and Christ is in all things. We look at our proof text, John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God made everything through His Word, through Christ. When we commit ourselves to Christ, we commit ourselves wholly to the covenant shape of reality that God lays out in Genesis 1, in John 1, and in Colossians 1, 16 through 17. So we must ask ourselves, if God is holding all things together, even those things that are too small to quantify, too small to look at, if God is holding all those things together, we ought to act like it. We ought to speak like it. We ought to argue like it. We we ought to defend our faith as though the Bible is true and not pretend or not believe that we're crazy people for holding on to this truth. Wow. And so here's the application. The Christian gets to have science because of consistency in nature, as opposed to everything being time acting upon chance and matter or randomness acting upon time and matter, right? The Christian gets to rejoice and be excited because science makes sense in our worldview. We get to say that tomorrow will look the same as today as the same as yesterday because our God is unchanging And he created this earth. And until the end of days, the end of time, the last day, we can expect the earth to behave in a consistent nature. So yes, we get to be excited. We get to say science makes sense in my worldview. Not to say that the atheists can't do science, but guess what they have to do? In order to believe in science, they've got to step off the worldview that says we are just randomness. We're just time and chance and matter where space dust exploding, they have to step off of that and pretend like the earth is consistent and is going to behave consistently. Because if it was all just chance, matter, and space dust exploding, there wouldn't be consistency to begin with. Exactly. Because, you know, the one law in science that's that's commonly disregarded is chaos cannot bring order. Right. And that is a standard in science, but yet chaos, the Big Bang, you know, going with that that theory, you know, or the theory of evolution totally negates what their own law says, that chaos cannot bring order. Right. 
So fundamentally, we have to, I would say, call them out on that. So, mm. so Christian, if you've ever been in a game with somebody, an RPG with someone, and, and you say, hey, I'm a Christian, and they kind of scoff and laugh at you, they have no right to do so. They really don't. Because in them laughing at you, they must borrow from your worldview to make truth claims, to say there's consistency in their science. So we ought to be encouraged. We ought to be encouraged that not only did God create consistency, he allowed us to live in a world in which we can make sense of our natural surroundings, our natural sciences make sense, and furthermore, and furthermore, not only did he just create us and put us on the earth and then let it spin and walk away. All things are given life through God's word. And just as God gave life to all things in Genesis 1 through his word, he gives life to the believer through his word, Jesus Christ. So that's the that's the application is that 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 we have both spirit and truth here we have we have both mind and heart connecting and and if you've ever been discouraged if you've ever had somebody come at you and and say that you're you're a moron for believing what you believe just know that you have a fundamental right to stand on the word of God, to stand on your worldview, to stand on the fact that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on the Roman cross, shed his blood for your sins, was raised again on the third day, and ascended and is now at session at the right hand of the Father, interceding on your behalf. That's some powerful, powerful stuff, Christians, and we ought to stand firm on it. Amen. I really like how you're attacking the the very very beginning in order to really set off this, you know, do you want to call it a series? Sure. To set off this series on worldview because, you know, it's you could start anywhere and but it's like, okay, well, you know, you're you're kind of giving us the basis and the reason why we even have a worldview or establish a worldview and why we should look at the world through the lens of scripture because God created everything for his glory and yeah. that everything obeys him and so shall we. Mm. Amen. Thank you, man. And guys, that is that right there is what Bible time with pastor T is and why it's a part of this podcast. Because this podcast is not just fun and games and discussing the latest games coming out and, you know, just having fun. But this is why we're here. Hmm. You know, this is why our logo is a cross with a headset and gaming controllers. To let everybody know who God is and why we are here. And that is to glorify him in all that we do, including gaming. Hmm. You know, and I think that's, you know, I, I'm a terrible person when it comes to segues, but praise God, because that segues us right into our topic for today's episode. Let's give Pastor T a round of applause. 
So for today's discussion, I wanted to ask Taylor here and also give my perspective on what it means to be a geek for the glory of God. And for for me, you know, kind of kind of like very slightly what what Taylor touched on, you know, he says that, you know, if you're playing a game and you say that you're a Christian and they scoff at you. You know, we we play, we are pretty avid Overwatch players and whether you're doing it competitively or just in a quick play match, whatever the case is, when your team is losing and you have toxic people on a microphone, you're going to get that into the game. And I think of, you know, the other players that are, you know, whether they're low leveled or just having an off day and they're not playing too well. When I see, you know, people, you know, yelling and cursing at the the rest of the team, you know, it's like, can we get somebody on the blank and payload? It's like, you know, I'll, I'll jump in there and say, yeah, man, you know, I, I personally am doing my best and I will get there, you know, so we can further this, you know, or when somebody who doesn't have a microphone and they type in the chat, like, you know, sorry guys, you know, I'm doing X, Y, and Z wrong. Well, though they don't have a microphone, they would still be able to hear me and I can reach out to them with love and encouragement and say, you know what, man, it's okay. Just do the best that you can. If we win, we win. If we don't, it's just a game. And we will get it on the next one. And in the in those moments, whether I hit them with the gospel or not, it's in those moments that we can choose to love on the people when in certain environments they may not be uh, accustomed to receiving love in a in a sticky situation. You know, whereas people want to start cursing and saying everything that you're doing wrong. I'm going to be that voice that says, you know what? I see that you did the best you could. I I saw you on the map attacking the enemies, and you did a great job. And even if we lose at the end of the match when everybody says GG and all that, even if my team got completely obliterated, I don't care who you are and how good you are at Overwatch, at some point you're in a match where your team just gets obliterated. And I can still pop in there and say, good job everybody and and aside from the social aspect of it there are certain games that I play that allow me to reflect on God and who God is you know I don't know if, uh, Taylor have you played that dragon cancer no so I encourage everybody to play this game every parent that I tell about this game they don't want to play this game but I still encourage everybody to do it. So that Dragon Cancer, I mean, if we, for frequent listeners of the podcast, they're probably going in their minds right now, they're probably thinking, oh no, Nick's talking about that game again. And the reason I talk about that game so much is it was one of the first games that I played when I built my PC. And it's a story of a man and his wife and their journey of battling cancer in their, uh, I think it's three or four year old son. And the man who created the game is a Christian. His wife is a Christian. And 
not only so it's not I guess you wouldn't call it a game but it's more of a, a walking simulator and so as you're going through this battle with them you're in the park and they have audio recordings of you know the husband and the wife and the even the oldest son who's only like six or seven um, you know you'll be in the hospital and you hear audio tracks of the son crying hysterically because of the pain that he's in and multiple times in the game you hear the prayers of the husband and you even read the journal entries of his wife saying God I, I, I'm crying out to you and I'm praying to you and it's hard to keep faith in what you're doing in this because you know his numbers are down or you know you know good numbers are down bad numbers are up and I don't know what to do and they just keep praying and they pray and they pray as you're going through this journey and and you know I'm in the journey with them playing this game and I just I see their pain and even though I knew the outcome of the game because I was so invested in this game I was even I was even thinking to myself like God please you know work this out even though I already knew the outcome because of that type of investment and then after the game I was able to praise God because even though they lost their son nobody was in pain anymore obviously there was the pain and I can't imagine how that pain is for a parent to lose their child even though there's their pain they're not in as much pain anymore because they relied on God the son is not in pain anymore because he's with God you know and there's games like that that really help me in connecting with God and resonating with God and the last little bit of being a geek to the glory of God is as Christ and Consoles develops we get to go to conventions we were just at a small Pasadena convention and we were there handing out buttons and telling people, you know, about Christ and consoles. And, you know, yes, I was really nervous and really hesitant in a lot of areas because it was my first convention. The presence of us being out there, when people would see this button and see a cross with a game controller and a headset, you know, and of course they're going to think, what is this, you know? And in a month here, we get to go to Anime Expo. And, and, and we're going to have pamphlets made and we're going to be able to do the same thing. And even for next year, I'm already planning for, for booths and panels to really bring the gospel to these conventions, to let the geeks know that Christianity is not full of fuddy-duddies that want to take your fun and hobbies away, and to let Christians know that not all gaming and anime is of the devil, and that you can enjoy both mediums to the glory of God. I'm off my soapbox now. Taylor? <laughs> yes. What is it to you? What does it mean to be a geek to the glory of God? It's it's a pretty robust question, honestly, because there's a lot of... Like you kind of touched on just now, there, there's a lot of baggage that comes with video games, that comes with anime, that comes with this whole culture. Mm-hmm. Right. E- even as far spread as parents, Christian parents not allowing their kids to read Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it goes that far. It reaches that wide. 
Well, um, I, I don't know if you ever saw some of the videos from when Pokemon first came out in the late 90s. And pastors were, I mean, they were they were freaking out about the pulpit. Right. And, and honestly, that's why worldview is so important, ladies and gentlemen. Because you, you need to have a firm foundation of your faith so that when you do interact with content, media, uh, movies, audio, anything... Um, you're able to parse through it and understand, is this something that I can do to the glory of God? Because there is, and we'll start here. How about we start here? Let's start where we draw the line. Yeah. Right? Because not, you kind of touched on it, but not all content can be done to the glory of God. Like, you can't watch pornography to the glory of God. You can't, um, you can't play certain games to the glory of God because of the content that's within them. Where I'm not going to play super, what is it, like Deep Space Waifu to the glory of God. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what that game is, but I, I kind of have an idea based on the name of it. But the It's exactly what you think. Okay, yeah, yeah. So probably stay away from that game. Uh, yeah, make that very clear. We're not endorsing, endorsing Deep Space Waifu. Just make that very clear. No. <laughs> um, the, the... Warning, do not play deep space waifu not endorsed by the christ and consoles podcast yes very good (laughs) very nice i like the the voice over there the i would say let's let's start with the hard conversation and then we can go and transition into the fun part of the conversation right I, i would say the hard part of the conversation is that we as christians do have to uh guard our eyes Right, guard our ears. We we have to really be discerning, and and understand how these games impact our worldview, how they impact the way we think, the way we talk, the way we act, and even in multiplayer games, the way we interact with other people. So we need to know where we draw that line, content-wise, and then we need to draw the line. We need to learn where we draw the line personally. So, for example, I cannot play League of Legends because I transform into a monster when I play League of Legends. I become the most toxic individual, and I literally haven't touched it for probably four years. Oh. Um, because I, I just couldn't do it. I, I could not keep my head about me. And, I mean, it's not like I, I would become not a Christian anymore or anything like that. Like, but, but for me, I would, I would close the game and be so upset at myself for the way that I compromised my Christianity in that game of League of Legends. And so I drew the line there. I said, you know, I can't play this game. This is, not, this is not a game that I can play. We're in the same kind of realm I, I can play Overwatch without going nuts. Um, so is, maybe that's maturity speaking, you know, the four years have seasoned me well or, or something other. But we, we, have to, we have to draw the line both with content and how the game makes you feel and act. Um, so, so I want to start there. And, and being a gamer to the glory of God means that you probably don't have a testimony about your time spent playing Deep Space Waifu. It probably means, you know, certain games are off limits for you. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, there are a lot of games. There are a lot of uh, animes that, that you can watch in a very healthy way. Now, one thing on this before we move on to the fun part or my fun part, and I'll let you respond to what I'm saying because I've been ranting a while. Uh, the, 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 the last thing that we really need to keep in mind, other than content and the way it makes us uh, behave, is how much time we're spending doing these things, mm. right? So it's really difficult to glorify God in your gaming habit, in your anime habit, 
if you're neglecting the fellowship, if you're ne- neglecting church, if you're neglecting the stewardship of your soul. So, so my general rule of thumb is my gaming time comes after my devotions. It comes after my obligations to my family, to my friends, to my church, to my work. Gaming is the last priority for me. Now, if your work is gaming, that's a little bit different story. You know, obviously be faithful to your income and and to the way that God's blessed you that way. But that's the last realm. Really take a look, do an internal critique of yourself and say, hey, is this a problem? And and, and it's not like you have to chop that off, but you can definitely dial it back if that's the situation you're in. And I would say that's glorifying to God to uh, be able to do that, do that self-analysis. It's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, you know, shameless plug here episode two of the christ and consoles podcast uh two or three i uh talked about idolatry and fandoms and talked about exactly what you're mentioning right now is it is it coming before is it you know i i touched on how you know after i built my computer it became an idol because there were times where i was just looking to get out of work early right so that i could go home and game that it was getting in the way of my Bible time, you know, and like what we were talking about, I now have a a paper on my computer screen that says, did you get into the word first? Yep. So it's extremely important to steward your soul, especially because when you go and engage with these people online, when you engage with the content online, you need to be girded up. You need to have the armor on and you need to bring your Christianity into whatever you do. Whether that be your work, your schooling, your family, your friends, or your gaming habit. And you um, touched on anime as well as gaming here. Can you can you talk a little bit about like in your opinion, like when it comes to like animes and such? Yeah, uh, I, I would say generally, you you kind of have two thoughts on this because a lot of anime inherently are very violent. Uh, but that's that's I think up to your personal conviction as far as that's concerned. Now. As far as the real part of anime that I think we need to be careful about is fan service. Yeah. Um, it, it's just the the blatant uh, eroticism of certain animes. And uh, that's just a path you really don't want to go down because you start, and, and I've heard this story a thousand times from people who got into anime, is that they were doing well with their porn addiction they got into some risky anime and then suddenly full-blown their back into it. And so just, just gird yourself up, guard your heart, and I, I would stay away from the fan service. Uh, that's, that's where I draw the line. If, if there's an anime that I'm watching and it's just clearly like, okay, five minutes of fan service every episode, I just turn it off and I'm like, yeah, we're done here. Right. Like I watch, Have you seen Gurren Lagann? No. There was a lot of looking away in the first yep. few episodes. Right after the, after the first, I think it was like three episodes. Then it got better, like it, it calmed down a bit. But you know, because I mean, I enjoyed that anime, but the first three episodes to me were a lot of looking away for unnecessary right servicing. Right, and, and and the way, and I think this is something interesting. If Christians were to, because Christians, believe it or not, make up a very large percentage of at least the United States still. And you wouldn't you wouldn't know it because we don't speak up, uh, we don't say anything, we withdraw from culture. But if Christians stopped watching content that would that just contained nudity for the sake of fan base for fan service, you know that goes HBO shows, Showtime shows, which have a lot of really awesome content. 
but they they throw in unnecessary sex and nudity and violence because that's what they think their viewership wants. Right. So, you know, if you have this large percentage of, of the American population saying, you know, we're not going to watch this because it's smut, uh, that that's an, uh, impacts the way that, that the people producing these shows create their shows. So, I mean, there, there is an impact. There is a ripple effect. You know, if Christians decide to stop consuming media like that, then there could be a, a very large ripple effect within the industry itself. Amen. So I would say, do you want to talk about the the, 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 fun, the fun part, part of this conversation? You know, the... I, I think so. I think we've made enough people depressed. So if you're still <laughs> listening, let's get into the fun parts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you want me to start or do you want to go first? You're a good man. Okay. So I love games uh, in the same way that I love a hamburger, right? Uh, I, I love games not like I love my wife, not like... I love the Lord, but a different kind of love. Uh, the same way that I would love watching a round of golf on a Saturday afternoon and gently falling asleep. Uh, that kind of love. Uh, what, you don't watch golf? I don't think anybody should watch golf. Okay, if you ever want to have the best nap of your life, Saturday afternoon, golf naps. The best naps. I, I work Saturday afternoons. Oh, okay. I don't. Right. I don't have a sweet life like you, Pastor T. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 do yourself like that, man. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> so okay. So the 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 part of my life that that is a gamer is, is significant. Um, not necessarily in the time invested, but the the part of me that that enjoys the culture, that enjoys the people who play games. And enjoys the relationships and friendships that I've gained over the years because of games. So, so this is where we have such a gospel influence, friends that are listening. There is such an opportunity to bring light, to bring salt into this world. Not only can you enjoy the games that you love playing, but there, in this particular demographic, thousands if not millions of unreached people. And the way that, that you can truly enjoy gaming is to do two things at once. To be really good at the games you play. Don't be the guy that plays Overwatch and is selfish and doesn't stand on the payload when they need to. That's not playing games with the... And I'm serious. You know, if you're going to be a street sweeper, sweep the streets better than any street sweeper before you. If you're going to be a gamer, do it the best you can. If you're going to be playing competitive games, learn about it, research it, be good at it. Or if you're going to play it for fun, then have as much fun as you possibly can, right? But but do it to the glory of God in the sense that when you are gaming, you are being excellent at what you're doing, and you're bringing salt, you're bringing light in your conversations, the way you interact with players, uh, the way that you play the game ought to be influenced by your love for Christ. Any thoughts on that? Because I know I said a lot of potentially enraging things for some folks. No, I think you're you are spot on when you say, you know, do it to the best of your ability. You know, I've heard people say whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability as like a blanket statement. And, you know, why should games be any different? You know, um and I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say cuz I did touch on what you're talking about in particular like, you know, bringing light and salt to um you know, to the game, you know, and that doesn't mean to be salty with other players. Um, but you know, I already touched on that in the beginning, uh, you know, just the way that I interact with the other players. 
Yeah. And and I love that. I, I love I mean when we first met, this is a I know we've shared our story in the last podcast, but it's okay, we can share it every podcast. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Some something that, that is unique about Christians is that you can almost immediately spot them. Um, if not for their man buns and hip beanies, uh, it it is more likely that you're going to be pointing them out because they just have a glow about them oftentimes. You know, there, there's something different about them. The The way that they approach everything, you want to be their friend. You want, you want to know this person be, because of the light that they have within them. And in the same way, we have people in the Discord that are not Christians, but they like being around us. And they might not agree with everything we say. They certainly don't. But they like being around us because we're not mean, we're not trolls, and we do everything to the best of our ability, which sometimes isn't the best, you know, but we try. And It may not be the best, but it is still the best to our ability. <laughs> it is the best to our ability, and we put in the work. You know, we try to put in the work. But the the, the cool thing, and, and I think I'll, I'll close my thought up on this, is in regards to our attitude during gaming, in regards to the way that we approach uh, our teammates if you're playing multiplayer, to strategy if you're playing single player, is that you ought to have an optimistic perspective always. Be be the person, the team member that that everyone wants to be paired with, um, and, and and show your love for Christ in the way that you interact with the people around you. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean being annoyingly cheery. I certainly am not when I play video games. I'm very like to the point, serious, like objective, like competitive because that's, I just played competitive sports growing up. So that's just the way I get. I treat it like the same as a varsity lacrosse match. That's me. But in that, because you I, need to make it look cross. What's that the map? I said, <laughs> oh my gosh, unbelievable! You need, you need to make it look cross the path. Incredible. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's so, like when you die and they spawn you far away. You need to make it all the way across to the payload. Are we done? <laughs> I, I think I'm good. <laughs> well, you, you got you got it in though. That was good. Uh, I appreciate. Oh, wait, I got puns. another one. Okay, I got another go. one. When we do things for the glory of God, we remember that Jesus died on lacrosse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it. That's uh, been Christ in consoles with your. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, continue. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So approaching the game optimistically, uh, this in general, approach all things with joy, right? Right. Approach all things with joy in your life, whether that be your school, your work, your family, your friends, your games, your, your books, podcast. your podcast, <laughs> your, your lacrosse stitches. Um, <laughs> I think I got it out of my system. I'm sorry. No, this is excellent. I'm just talking and, and you are bursting up laughing. This is what this is all about. <laughs> oh, I opinion. wish the listeners could see us right now. <laughs> For those that cannot see us right now, which I hope none of you can see us right now, we are currently red-faced and teary-eyed. So the, the beautiful thing about being in Christ is that we can count all things joy, that we have eternal hope, life everlasting, and so when we play video games, and I, and I know I'm taking a really great thing and comparing it to, you know, a very insignificant thing in the grand scheme of eternity, but 
in the same way that cleaning our room is insignificant, in the same way that that being a friend to a stranger on the bus is in, insignificant, they are very significant, right? We tend to think of the small things as unimportant when in fact they're very important. Our interactions with people matter because they matter. They're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. And therefore, we ought to treat them well. We ought to treat them with respect and dignity and love. And, you know, maybe you have an opportunity to preach the gospel in your games because of the way that you're different, the way that you are positive interacting. And if you're like me, you can trick the people you're playing with to uh, hear the gospel. So, you know, there's plenty of avenues, but you start with Uh, in your games, being optimistic, being positive, having joy, and don't be afraid to open up your mouth, preach the gospel, even if it gets you banned. (laughs) Oh, man. Even if it gets you banned. Yeah, man, dude, that's... And that's what it's all about. You know, it's getting past that fear. Yeah. And, I mean, when you think about it, it's... We're, we're it, it's one thing if you're afraid you know face to face because then you deal with that you know conflict and such but I mean when you really think about it we are in front of a screen we're you know it's it's one voice to another you know and it's like still there's that fear of you know putting you know putting Christ out there in, a, in an environment that you know nine times out of ten yep Christ is not welcome and just getting past that fear, knowing that if somebody gets on your case, well, there's a very awesome function in Overwatch and the majority of games is when you click on that person's profile, it's the great mute button. I mute everybody. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't mute me that day. Yes, that's uh, that, that was definitely a, a blessing that I, I wasn't being a, a loner. Because I do that right. a lot of the time. Yeah. We all, we all do. We're gamers. <laughs> <laughs> we spend yeah. a majority of our time alone staring at a screen, physically doing nothing. With other people. Yeah, that's true. In our own true. solidarity. <laughs> it's like standing alone in a crowded room, you know? That was... That was beautiful. <laughs> Pastor T, everybody. <laughs> Not only bombs of wisdom, but just beautiful, beautiful one-liners. I took that from a Taylor Swift song. Oh, one ta- <laughs> from one Taylor to another. <laughs> dude, that was... Dude, it was really swift the way you brought that in. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, that's... That's great, and you know I, I I am at a loss for words right now, and I have nothing more that I can add. If I were to try to add anything, I think I would make it worse. And you know it's like Naruto; they tried to add better things and made it worse, and I just enrage induced a whole lot of listeners. <laughs> the best thing that ever came from the show Naruto was the fact that. 14 to 18 year olds everywhere thought it was cool to wear the little headbands in public so and that was awesome like no i loved that like oh, non-facetiously okay, like i loved that that like it became like this cultural thing to be a nerd i got in uh, trouble in middle school for wearing my headband yeah 
It, Cause there was well, because no... they probably thought it was like a gang thing, right? Yeah. Californians are crazy. And my mom wrote a letter to the people who took away the band or the headband, lit them up. That's awesome. In a sense of like, how dare you, you know, assume gang affiliation over my child, you know, and you know that it's wrong, da 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 da. And they read that letter and they're like, "Well, I don't understand why she's so mad." And I'm like, "Cause you guys took something away and called me a gang member." <laughs> it you usually know? doesn't go well when I take people's stuff and call them a gang member. No, that's why I stopped doing it years ago. <laughs> And, and to take it one step further, I got I convinced my mom to buy me off of Amazon the sandals that they wore in Naruto. Those like shoe things with the toes missing. Uh, yeah, I believe that the only people still wearing those are sorority girls, and uh, yeah, that's it. They were the giant you... Sparta sandals. Oh, see, they weren't the Sparta sandals. They were okay. like a fully enclosed shoe that went like above the ankle, and just the toes were missing. Oh, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. See, those are sweet. I would probably wear those today. See, but the interesting thing is, there are girls that now wear sandals like those. Right, That's yeah, that's what I was pointing out. Like, the they do. You know, it's like that meme that says, uh, when you're, uh, you're running late for brunch, but you also gotta defeat the lions and gladiators. <laughs> and it's a picture of those sandals. Little known fact about me, I really don't like memes. And this will be Pastor T's last episode <laughs> on the Cries and Consoles podcast. No, the worst, the worst things that Christian, probably one of the worst things that Christians have done, and oh. I don't say this lightly, one of the worst things they've done is attempts to be relevant with memes. Like I gotcha. It, it was, it was, it's one of the most disappointing things I've, I still have to face every day when I see my, my Facebook feed and I'm like, oh, they're, they're trying to be relevant with memes again and so you don't it, like memes for jesus well you know you know how i feel about second commandment violations yep <laughs> i gotcha well then i will not be sharing memes with pastor t anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh man well on a lighter topic how could you say a lighter I topic shared... than memes on a lighter topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How are people going to take this seriously now? They just hear us, like, goofing around on the podcast. Uh, this is great. just kill this whole segment. Oh, like, dude, I'm not going to... I'm not going to edit clip. any of... I'm not going to edit any of this out. Good. This is, this is all just going to stay in there. <laughs> and so, no outtakes, nothing. This is, this is the podcast, man. And See, I actually like organic podcasting where you get a little bit of the feedback, the back the silliness. and forth. When the podcasters are just being silly gooses. Silly are you calling geese. me a goose? Well, if the shoe fits. <laughs> if the Roman sandal fits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's the tie-in. Okay, go on. What's lighter than memes? Did you say that there's the title? I, I, that's what I heard. No, I, I said heard. there's the tie-in. There's the tie-in. We just wrapped uh, that conversation full oh, circle. Now heard, we can move on. Oh, man. It'd be great. Anyways, so recently we got tremendously blessed with the up-and-coming Switch game, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, 
We are cutting it close to the podcast, so we're just going to touch on this for uh, just a, a few quick minutes here. Um, I almost cried when I watched that trailer. A lot there's a lot of people with disappointment. I don't think it'll have nearly as much. Um, like I, I think if you don't play Pokemon Go, I don't think it'll be as detrimental to you in the gameplay of Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. I think it'll still maintain that core RPG value where, you know, there there was some discussions that people have in that trailer when you're catching Pokemon, there is no sign of, you know, HP bars and such and uh, the actual battle techniques for random encounters. There's still trainer battles. Now, here's my theory because people say, you know, there's no more random encounters. It's just you see the Pokemon as you're running along I think it's going to kind of incorporate both of them. I think it's going to allow random encounters for the sake of all about that grind, but also the Pokemon that you see for integrating that into Pokemon Go. But whatever the case is, I'm stoked because Nintendo Nintendo has my money um, and Pokemon has my bank account. So, you know, it's like Nintendo, when they come out with something awesome, it's like, let me check my wallet when Pokemon comes out with something, it's you've got access to my bank account. Just give it to me and take my money. What did you think of that trailer, Taylor? So we talked a little bit last podcast about how I, I kind of checked out from the Pokemon scene when they started introducing a lot of Pokemon. Uh, that, that kind of killed it for me. Now, you have watching this forgiven. trailer seems as though they're bringing it back to its roots in a way. Uh, and and something that that I'm interested to see is if if that's the feedback that the game gets, if that's the review that the game gets, if people are saying this this is my childhood, this is this is this is doing it for me, I might just go and buy a Switch. Um, that they they might have my bank account too if if this game goes well. So that's my thoughts on it. I, I like the integration with Pokemon Go, but obviously I think a lot of other people are saying as well, if you don't play Pokemon Go, there could be a little bit of lack of depth of the game. But, uh, I mean, if you think that that's not going to be an issue, then I'll trust you over you know, the naysayers. Awesome, man. I really like your perspective on the game because, like you said, you did check out for a while and you've been forgiven. And I think the with this new game coming out and your desire for a switch and i mean they're so much more readily available now i don't think they're sold out anywhere anymore Uh, i saw a switch at kohl's the clothing store yesterday i almost bought one from kohl's oh wow yeah so if you guys have kohl's cards and you know you want to you want to drop some money on a switch they've got them there (laughs) they don't sell any games though that's the funny thing just the console that's do they sell any other consoles cuz i've never seen i mean i've never seen it either but yeah time. they had xbox there as well that's interesting um sorry my brother was asking me what i wanted from del taco <laughs> you're oh, going to have to edit a lot of this out i'm just uh, saying i you know what i think this part i'm going to leave in <laughs> <laughs> well anyways um so like I was saying, you know, with your desire to get a Switch and and with this new game co- coming out, I think it's a perfect story for you and the return of the Prodigal Son. 
you know, ready to come back to the arms of Snorlax and you know, they're going to they're going to give you a bag and they're going to put some pokeballs in your hand, you know, instead of a cloak and a ring, you know. You see what it yeah, did there? Yeah, so I I I thought that that was interesting the Pokémon Pokéball controller. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that was interesting and, I, and I'm unsure if that's because, you know, a lot of people thought the Wiimotes were very gimmicky when, when they first came out. They thought, like, I okay. I loved it. Absolutely well, loved And that was the feedback. It. It, it, you know, people thought that this, in the gaming community especially, they were like, this is going to flop. There's no way that they can go against the meta of controllers. This is not going to work. And then PlayStation copied them. Yeah. And, and so, you know, maybe maybe this is the case here. But I did think it was quite weird. I, I wanted to bring this up on the podcast. In the trailer, well, we're you still have on like the these, podcast, so you're good. These two women, uh, these two women sitting at at like dinner or coffee or whatever it was, and they're like rubbing the pokeball and like the Pikachu's like freaking out inside of it. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. I thought that was right. a little bit weird. It makes me interested to see if that was just for the sake of the trailer or if it's really going to have some type of speaker that when you pet it it goes Pika! or what happens if you throw it or run it over with your car like does it scream like <laughs> I think we've hit the part of the podcast where it's Christ and consoles after dark <laughs> <laughs> no but there's a serious question like yeah. what to what degree is this thing going to interact with you like mm-hmm. that you know that's so I'm interested in that specifically for the well, sake of you know my sense of humor but i i think at some point she's gonna stop responding <laughs> oh okay now we're at but now that was dark okay <laughs> all right you know we're all here pokemon gotta catch them all and taylor and his dark side's like pokemon gotta kill them all whoa whoa uh got to make them all faint okay there's a poke center near you they're not gonna die well there's a reason why nurse joy always says hope to see you soon <laughs> yeah, Nurse Joy was a little sadistic. I'll, I'll have to say. Oh, completely. even even my young self knew that about her. That she really, you know, something was off with Nurse Joy. Well, think about this. She runs a shop that you can literally store your Pokemon in, like a prison, and she rejoices in the damage damaging of their bodies. She rejoices. Oh my goodness! Here we go. I can't tell if this is going to be call the this best call or this the one the pun podcast. cast. This is oh, the pun cast. This, this is all it is. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, Nurse Joy is sadistic. Continue. I think that that's all I... Oh, and to, to recap, to kind of circle my thoughts around on the Pokeball controller. Yes. Not sold on it. Uh, <gasps> that, that in itself is definitely a negative for me. But I do like the... the uh, Eevee and, and Pikachu kind of dichotomy. I'm mm-hmm. hoping we're going to see some of Gary up in the mix. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Right on, man. Dude, that's... And that's so exciting for me to hear because of how much... I, I mean, I love Pokemon to an unhealthy standard. And to hear somebody like you say that, like, yes, I, I, I fell off the train a little bit, but this might get me back on the train is... I, I'm so geeked right now. And that was not a pun. That's just one of my favorite words. Geeked. And, <laughs> geeked. And, you know, it, it's it's going to be great. You know, it's like I really resonate. It's a um, – it, it is a picture on social media with words. 
and it says um, it's a crying face and it says I have to turn down my love for Pokemon to a socially acceptable level that is me You gonna say something? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, that was it. That was it. Oh man, I don't know how I'm gonna edit this thing. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to edit this mess. Oh man. Okay, before we go on any further, if you're still listening, thank you. That has been episode eight of the Christ and Consoles podcast. Guys, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us on all the social media platforms, whether it's on the Facebook at facebook.com slash Christ and Consoles, the Instagram at Christ and Consoles, or the Twitter at Christ Consoles. If, um, and Taylor, where can uh, our listeners find you if they want to send you uh, hate mail? Uh, yeah, the hate mail can be addressed to, to uh, Nintendo. At Christ and okay, so uh, you can find me on YouTube at Christ Ampersand Culture or Taylor. What's an ampersand? Uh, It's a little squiggly line that no one really knows. It's the and sign uh, or Christ and Culture. You had to maybe scroll down a little bit Uh, if you want to directly go to my YouTube page. Is Taylor Desoto one word? And then uh, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor DeSoto and Instagram, the same handle all across the board. Uh, only add me on Facebook if you really want to see me get rowdy on my Facebook wall with political posts and all the fun stuff. Um, before I head out, could I do a book rec- recommendation? Because you promised me a book oh. recommendation. Oh, that's right. I totally. Yes. Okay. So what you should be watching, playing, and listening to and what you should be reading so first off what you should be watching um i haven't been watching a whole lot of different things lately so as for television or netflix so i'm gonna plug one of my favorite pastors that i have been watching so it it qualifies um so one pastor that i've really been um listening to really hardcore in the season of my life his name is paul washer um, he's just really, really solid teachings in, in my opinion. He may not be everybody's cup of tea. So I will give that disclaimer that he may not be your cup of tea, depending on your, um, style of pastorship, I guess I, I could call it. Yeah. Okay. Um, as for, as for playing, you know, the same thing, you know, I've had just such a busy week. Um, and so really as for playing would be this game called Pwned. It's P-W-N-D and it's a super fast paced um, what, what would you call like an Overwatch-esque type game? First person shooter? Uh, yes, okay, so it is. It's a super fast paced first person shooter. Like, it's really easy to get super turned around because of how fast everything runs, but you're in this battle arena and you're just zipping around trying to take down the other team. Awesome game. It's free, by the way, so um, you need to go pick that up. Once again, it's Pwned, P-W-N-D. Excuse me. And as for what you should be listening, uh, lately in my spare time, whether I'm at work or even just coming up with show notes and such, I will listen to a lot of Electro Swing 
and it just is exactly what it sounds like. And so for one artist in particular that I really enjoy listening to, um, her name is Parav Stellar. I probably butchered that name. Parav Stellar is excellent. Yes, and that is P-A-R-O-V-S-T-E-L-A-R. Parav Stellar. Phenomenal music. I mean, in, in certain songs, you get that big band music with the trumpets and the trombones, and yet they still bring in some of that, um, just the electric beats to it. And I listened to a lot of swing music when I was younger, so it made it awesome. And as for what you should be reading... Pastor T. So this week, I picked up a book called How to Be an Atheist by Dr. Mitch Stokes. He's a professor at New St. Andrews College in Idaho and a tremendous mind. I mean, this man is so smart. When you hear him talk, it makes you feel very, very, very small. Uh, but he, he's such a huge blessing to me and my walk. I've listened to, uh, he did a lecture series on math and worldview which was just so cool. So How to Be an Atheist by Dr. Mitch Stokes uh, addresses the, the, the fallacies and the, the misconceptions about what it actually takes to be an atheist. What do you actually have to believe? What do you have to have faith in to be an atheist? So really powerful tool for talking to the atheist, for understanding their worldview in light of our worldview. So How to Be an Atheist by Dr. Mitch Stokes. Also, awesome. Uh, cargo shorts. I recommend cargo shorts for all dads and men everywhere. Lots of pockets. Tremendous value. Cargo shorts. <laughs> what was that? Okay, the podcast needs to end. The podcast needs to end. No more. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, guys. It is. <laughs> if you want to find me for any reason, you can find me on the Twitter at Nicktendo. That's N-I-C-K-T-E-N-D-O. I am also on YouTube doing funny and wacky things as well as some Let's Plays. I've been off the boat for a little bit just trying to get priorities in order but that's also nicktendo now all one word don't conf get confused with the other nicktendo channel that does nothing nintendo related and has the name that i want so nicktendo now on the youtube and on the twitter at nicktendo um and don't forget we do have a discord uh so if you are interested in joining our discord for any reason <laughs> then you can message us on any of the social media platforms and we will get you a invite link. So that's it, finally. Uh, and remember, guys, to keep gaming for God's glory.